Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Today, because today we're starting a brand new series. The cool thing about a brand new series is that you're here. And, um, and you're not going to come in in the, in the middle of a series or second part or the end of a series, but uh, we're going to be talking about peace in this, in this series. This new series is called The Missing Peace, and honestly, I'm just going to give it away right now. I believe that if anything was missing, like in 2021 and the year 2020, it is without a question peace. You know, the, the, the first guy, he might say, you know what, if I was given one wish for this new year of 2020, you know, like the whole genie in the bottle deal. If I was able to, you know, have a have a wish, I would ask for more money. How many of you would like to have a little bit more coin in your pocket? Just a little bit, a little bit. See, there's nothing wrong with with money. In fact, money will open the doors um, to certain things in your life where the lack of money, you know, may not open those doors. But how many of you know that money can also cause you problems, Right. It can cause you all kinds of issues whenever you have an abundance of something. Come on, there, there are things that people deal with. I don't know because I've never been there. But people that have a lot of money, they deal with things that I really don't even have to deal with because I just don't have a lot of money. And so I've got like a good amount of money. But, Lord, you can always bless me with more. I'm just telling you that. Um, and so, and so, you know, the, the one person might say, you know what, I, if I had that one wish, I would just, I, I would want to be rich. I would want to be wealthy. But how many of you know that there are some of the most unhappy people um, in the world, you know, that they don't struggle with their, you know, with their bills, maybe like, maybe like you do. And so I just want you to know that money cannot buy you happiness. Money cannot buy you love. Come on, somebody. Right. Some people have tried to buy love with money, and that doesn't work. I don't recommend it. Other people here, you know, maybe, maybe this year in 2021, like your biggest ambition is to get married. And how many of you know that being married is pretty cool, right? To have somebody to go home to every, every night. We had one person clapping their hands. That's good. <laughs> See, what that shows you, that shows you that being married is awesome unless, of course, you're married to the wrong person. And then it's not so awesome, like the awesomeness, is, is, awesomeness is, has left the building. You know, one guy said it like this, and I've, I've made this my own. I've said it so many times, that there's something worse than being single. And that thing that's worse than being single is being married to the wrong person. Young people, I want to talk to you just for a few moments about this topic. Sometimes people are so hungry, and it's not just young people, it can be old people as well. But sometimes people are so against being alone that the first person that comes along and gives them attention, they're just like, oh, I'm still in love, I just love him so much, or I love her so much. And the thing is, is that this person is they don't love the Lord. They don't have any, they're not even going the same direction that you're going. The, the dreams and the desires that you have for your own life, you know, you enter into this relationship thinking, well, maybe, maybe I will be able to change them over time. And I'm just telling you this, it never works. Not once have I seen somebody, they called it back in my day, missionary dating, Right. I'm just going to date them and then they're going to come to love Jesus, you know, because I'm going to witness to them. Typically, what happens is, is you've got two people that live unsatisfied lives, two people that are that are not going in the direction that God has called each of them to go because they're settling. Listen, now they're settling for something less than God's best. And I'm just telling you, listen, that there's something worse than being married uh, or being single, and that is being married to the wrong person. And so marriage is good until it's not good. And some people would choose happiness. They would choose health, wealth, fame. The smart person would choose more wishes. I want five more wishes. Well, that's breaking the rules. You can't do that. So the title of my message this morning is Perfect Peace. We're, 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 we're talking about our series, The Missing Peace. And I want you to know this that there is such a thing as God's perfect peace. 
And you might be thinking, how in the world am I going to find perfect peace in 2021 when the world is working so hard? Come on to destroy itself. Come on, there's there's so much, you know, the dysfunction, there's so much disaster, there's there, 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 you know, we talk about in the church unity, but what I see in the world today is completely opposite. I see division. I, I see people looking for opportunities to, to, to find anything that they can do to disagree on. I'm in the D's now, if you can tell. I'm in the D's. They, you know, what can we do? Where are you at that is different than where I'm at and we can divide on? Boy, I'm getting pretty good at this, Right? And, and so that's the world that we are that we are living in right here and 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 right now. And I'm just telling you this that that God has perfect peace for you and for those that are close to you. You know, somebody might say, "How am I supposed to sleep in heavenly peace?" I can't even sing the song, but there's a song that talks about sleeping in heavenly peace. And you're like, "How am I supposed to sleep in heavenly peace when I have a hard time sleeping altogether?" It's like I deal with insomnia. I deal with I deal with nightmares. Some people deal with night terrors. Some people have such anxiety that you sit and you look at the ceiling for the majority of your of your night, never ever able to enter into that REM sleep, that deep sleep. You can take two or three melatonin. It doesn't matter. Come on, your mind is so spun out. And you're like, how am I supposed to sleep in heavenly peace when I'm not sleeping at all? And I'm just telling you this, that maybe you're not tapping into the right resource because there is a perfect peace. And I hope that you get some of that. It's interesting to me that at the birth of Jesus Christ, there were angels They were singing and dancing around. What were they saying? They were saying, glory to God in the highest. What's the next word? Peace on earth. I think it's interesting that that Jesus has come for his people. Come on, for all that would believe in him and receive him, that they would not perish but have everlasting life. And so the church should be the perfect picture of people that are living with the peace of God. But But the truth is, is sometimes it's hard to differentiate the difference between those that are outside of relationship with with Christ. They don't have any kind of a covenant relationship, a close relationship with Christ. But sometimes in the church, people that do have the promises of God and are saved and are walking in the promises of God, sometimes you can't differentiate who has more peace. And I'm just saying if... If, 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 if he says glory to God in the highest peace on earth and goodwill towards men, then the church, if anybody should be experiencing peace, it should be the church. So many people in our world today, are they're, they're tired of the pressure. They're tired of the press. They're tired of anxiety. They're tired of uncertainty. They're tired of division. They're tired of divisiveness. They're tired of lies. They're tired of lies. They're tired of lies and they're tired of lies. They're tired of not being able to trust anything that anybody is saying because nobody is being held accountable for what they speak or what they do in the world that we live in today. You can get away with anything, and people are so tired of it. And so I pose to you that the greatest thing that people desire in this day, 2021, is God, please just let there be peace in my life because I'm weary. I'm tired. I don't know if I can take it anymore. In fact, some of you might say, is peace even possible? I had this really cool thing that I was going to do here today. A great vision. Matthew messed it all up. I said, Matt, you got Jenga? Jenga? Yeah, you know the block game that you just kind of stack up and then you pull the pieces out? Yeah, I got Jenga. I said, I need you to bring your Jenga game with me. I I had this perfect thing. I was going to stack up Jenga pieces here. And, and I was going to, I don't know how I was going to pull it off. Maybe I'd have to, you know, but I was going to take a feather and I was going to drop a feather on the Jenga pieces. Am I even saying it right? Jenga or Jenga? Jenga? Jenga. So the Jenga, I was going to drop a feather on the Jenga pieces and then I'd have to get crafty and maybe just with my foot because you'd be looking up here at the feather. Look at the feather and I'd kick the table. 
So I'd drop the feather, whoo, the feather would fly down, hit the Jenga piece, I'd kick the table just like that. And then all of a sudden, the whole Jenga would just fall over. Matt failed me. He didn't bring the Jenga pieces, so this isn't having the effect that it would if, if I had this thing, you know, playing out. But some of you are so troubled, and you are so tired, and you're so pressured, and, and the lights are going out. Some of us are, are, just, are, just, are just at that point, and um, that was weird. And so, you know, the one thing, the feather comes down, which is really nothing. The one additional thing that's added to your life, that one additional thing makes everything fall apart. And I really felt like that picture that God gave me is how some people are here this morning. Come on, you've, been, you've done a pretty good job. You're holding it together. You know, you're putting on the face that, no, no, dude, I'm, I'm good. You know what? My family's right and we're, and, and we're well. But the truth is, is you're living today like it's just a matter of time until the whole thing comes crashing down. And I'm just telling you this, that if that is you, come out from that place. You are being sold a lie. The devil is lying to you. He is a liar. The truth is not in him. And I'm telling you what, that God has greater things in store for you. And one of those things is God's perfect peace. Turn to your neighbor and just say, perfect peace. Turn to your other neighbor and say, perfect peace. I just want peace in my mind, in my life in my family. Come on, I want peace in my nation, right? I want some unity in my nation. Listen, if you're praying for world peace, pray for something else because it's not going to happen. There will not be world peace until Jesus Christ comes back. Period. It's not going to happen. But guess what? You can be in the middle of a mess and you can have peace and you can have more than enough peace so that your brother and sister and your friends and your family, well, they can have peace too. Amen? All right. You can be successful and not have peace. You can have a ton of money in the bank and not have peace. You can be married and not have peace. Somebody say amen. We want peace, but we're living with tension and fear and anxiety. I want you to think of all your relationships right now. I want you to think of your relationship. I want you to think of, Bo, Bo why are you laughing? <laughs> what did she say? Oh, she hit you. Oh. <laughs> I look over, my son-in-law's got a big old grin on his face. Like, I think it probably, the hit came whenever I said, when I said, come on, you can be married and not have peace. He probably said something he shouldn't have. She reached over and whacked him. And then I look over, all I see is this big smile on Bo's face. And, uh, <clears throat> but uh, uh, your relationships, come on, sometimes whenever you go home for Christmas break or, or, or you're going over to, you know, family's house for Thanksgiving dinner. Like this should be a great time of celebration where we're all getting together, right? But some of us, we get so anxious. Why? Because there's anger and bitterness and hurts and pains and problems that guess what haven't been taken care of. And so because you're going to get what you're looking for, whenever you come back from that family Christmas you're telling your, you know, the people that, 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 that are close to you, yeah, it was exactly what I was thinking it was going to be. It was terrible. You know, they brought up the same story, and, 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 and man, what a waste of time. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to go back there again. And so our solution is, is to remove ourselves. Instead of getting to the core of the issue, which is typically, are you ready? Put your seatbelt on just real quick. If you've got family issues and family problems, it's typically because there's too much pride and selfishness. And somebody, if not everybody, is only concerned about themselves and how they think and how they feel. Nobody anymore is willing to take it on the chin. Nobody anymore is willing to say, you know what, I, I, I should give this person some grace. I should give this person just a little bit of mercy. Know what we want to do when something happens, something said or something is experienced, we want to just treat people like the world treats people like we have no relationship with God. That's exactly what we do. And I'm just saying, 
that this is the year to stop it. To come out from that place as the world responds and acts and to act, come on, like you are a carrier of the gospel. If grace and mercy has come to your house like it's come to my house, then how about we start operating with a little bit more grace and mercy, come on, with people whenever they come up short in our lives. We've got about 17 of us out of this big of a crowd. I'll take it. I'll take it. Because I know the rest of you are probably thinking about it, but you're not ready to clap your hands lit. But I'm just telling you this, that what I'm sharing with you is true. All right. So um, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 1. Let's go ahead and take a look on the screen here. It says this, In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Now listen, I want you to know this, that Isaiah was prophesying this in a time of grave uncertainty. There was a lot of turmoil in the land, but he was speaking of a day when there was going to be incredible praise and incredible worship, and the nation was going to be strengthened. Listen, he was not prophesying of the day that he was in. He saw a vision of the day that was to come. And so in that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is is the eternal rock. Once again, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 1 through 4. I think this is interesting. In verse 3, and you can pull it back up there for me if you will. Verse 3, it says this. You will be kept in perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. Say it again, perfect peace. What does the word perfect mean? Like, Like I can understand you will be kept in partial peace. You, you will be kept with a percentage of peace. You will experience limited peace. Like, I can understand all of that. Because this is the deal. Like, I can have an incredible encounter with God one second, and then the very next second be wondering, Oh my God, where are you? Why have you left me? Have you forsaken me? Like, I can deal with issues where God's saying, listen, you're, you're kind of operating in anger or, or, you know, this or that. And the Lord begins to speak to me. And I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. I, I, please forgive me of my sins. I'm a knucklehead. God, I should be better than I am right now. I should be further than I am right now. I'm really just blowing it. God, please forgive me. And, and God, and you know, I, 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 I kneel down. I'm not going to kneel down because I might not get back up. But I, I kneel down and I'm like, God. You know, please forgive me of my sins, Lord. I trust in you. You're a good God. I don't have to worry about this. God, your word says to cast my burdens on you. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm casting my burdens on you. And then five seconds later, come on, God, didn't you hear the prayer that I just prayed? Why is it that you have not answered my prayer? God, are you even there? Do you even care? Do you love me anymore? Have Have I been so terrible that you have just removed your hand? Are you even been listening right anybody come on I will give things to the Lord only seconds later to to pull it back I will give it to the Lord seconds later I'll pull it back give it to the Lord and I'm just saying this keep doing that because practice makes perfect come on I'm telling you I don't know maybe I'll be like 73 years old whenever I finally get it figured out if I ever do but I'm saying listen Practice makes perfect because I don't know about you, but God has never let me down. He has never come up short. He has never not once come on, let me down. He has never, he's never left me holding the bag. Boy, I'm never going to trust God again. That was a terrible, that's never once happened. Always come on. He has been, he has been faithful. And so I think it's interesting that the, um, let's go ahead and put the definition shalom. Shalom is the word peace, and shalom is actually a greeting that Jews would, would, would use to greet one another. When you would bump into somebody, uh, shalom. And, and when you would leave somebody, shalom. It's the same. How cool would that be if we started greeting each other like that? But do you know what shalom means? Shalom means wholeness 
and fullness of peace in every single way. In every way, fullness of peace, not partial, not limited, not a percentage of peace, but shalom, perfect peace in every way. Listen, I want to talk to you just for a second. Some of you, your biggest struggle is you don't have peace in your own with with your own self. Right. You have no problem having peace with God and you have peace with others. Like if you were going to look around like there's not one person that, that, that you're at odds with right now because you've always been a person. Come on to deal with it until it's done and the relationship is restored. Like 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 with God, you got peace with others. You got peace, but you don't have peace within yourself. I'm just saying this is a terrible place to be. It's an easy place to be because you know you better than anybody knows you. I want you to be reminded of today that God says that if you will repent and ask for my forgiveness, then I will be faithful and just to do just that. It doesn't matter, young people, what you've done, whether you've crossed the lines with a with a I hope you haven't. But if you've crossed the lines with somebody, um, you know, in a sexual way, it doesn't matter. Come on, God's peace is there for you. God's forgiveness is there for you. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter in the broad scheme of things, right? Come on, I'm telling you, young people, this is what I'm telling you without being confused. If at all possible, and I know this is very difficult because the statistics are out, but if at all possible, I'm just saying save yourself for marriage. Not very many people are doing that anymore, and I know that it's very, very difficult in the It's it's staggering, but I'm just saying this, that if it's possible, come on, save yourself for that because it'll be a beautiful gift to be able to give to the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. But guess what? If you've crossed that line, I believe wholeheartedly by making a decision to be pure before the Lord, God can reverse what's taken place and he can make it as such on your wedding night as if it never happened. Before I believe that I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that. And so 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 we want to have peace within ourselves. We want to have peace with God. Right. Sometimes we have a difficulty having peace with God because he's asked us to do things that we have just shunned him and said, no, I'm not going to do it. Like if the Lord is telling you young people, I'm not picking on the young people, but you're here and you got a big group of people here today. It makes it easy. I mean, you're an easy target today. I'm, these people hear me all the time, but you're an easy target. Like if the Lord is saying, stop dating that person because he's not good for you and you shun the Lord, you're like, no, I don't want to hear it. He's perfect. <laughs> Only to find out later that he's not perfect. And you're like, dang it, I wish I would have listened to the Lord. I, I, I wish I would have trusted God, right? And I'm just saying that God is never wrong. He's always right. But we can have... Uh, We can have uh, chaos with God because we just don't line up. And then certainly this is a big one, too. And and I'm just saying this, that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever's loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. And so the words that you speak to one another, how you treat one another in the same measure, will you be treated by God? And I'm just saying, listen, that we should fight to have unity. Like there are times in my life where in myself, I would be like, I just want to kick you in the face if I could get my foot up that high. But I can't. But I would love to kick you in the face hard twice. But I can't. But I'm saying, listen, that if anything is worth fighting for, and the only way that you're ever going to be able to do this is through humility. Take it on the chin. Even if you are completely right in your eyes for the sake of the relationship and to have a conversation at a later time, operate with some humility. A hardest thing. It's easier to no, it's not easier to kick somebody in the face. Maybe the shin. You could kick them in the shin a lot easier, but it's easier to hurt somebody when you're hurt than it is to say, I give you a pass. I give you a pass. One of the hardest things you'll ever do. But how many of you know it's a sign of maturity? Three of us. If you don't know, if you don't know it's a sign of maturity, I'm telling you, it's a sign of maturity. All right. 
I love the original text of this, of this passage in Isaiah. It says, the original text says, it doesn't say perfect peace. It says, and you will be kept in shalom, shalom. That means, that means anytime that the word is doubled up like that, it means pay close attention. Because this is a very important point. I believe that, that, that shalom, shalom means a double portion of peace. We, we translate it perfect peace, but it's a double portion. I'm just telling you this, that God has, he, he's got a peace that is enough for you, but it's also enough for the people that are around you. It's enough for your family. It's enough for your friends. It's enough for your workers, your coworkers. Come on, it's enough for the person on the street that you're passing by and they're just bawling, crying, and you take the time to say, hey, listen, what's up? What's going on? You know, talk to me just for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, because you're a carrier, come on, of the spirit of the living God, because because of that, you have peace and that peace is going to be sufficient for their needs as well. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide here. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. True peace is found in the presence of God. I think this is so incredible because we think that, man, if I've got faith and if I'm in peace, then that means that my problems are no more. I had an opportunity to pray for a, a gentleman in our church a year ago. He had cancer and God absolutely delivered him from cancer. He would tell you that, 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 that God had healed him from the cancer. And then all of a sudden, just recently, I got a, another phone call. He's going, back in for, he's going back in for tests and whatnot, and that cancer has returned. And I had a, the opportunity just to share just for a moment that, listen, just because God does a miracle back here doesn't mean that the rest of our life that we're going to be problem-free. You see, peace doesn't come because there, there, you know, there's the absence of problems Come on, in fact, the greatest peace is right in the center of the problems. This is the peace that Philippians 4, 7 says it just doesn't even make sense. It, it, it's beyond our ability to even comprehend it. Come on, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful peace. But listen, just because you're saved doesn't think, mean that, that you're not, you know, things aren't going to break anymore, that you're not going to get sick anymore. It doesn't mean that you're always going to have more than enough money. You're going to feel financially secure all the days of your life. You see, the problem is, is that there are sects of Christianity that have played on this whole faith movement that, listen, if you have if you're lacking something, if you've got sickness in your body, it's because you've got a lack of faith. Or if something wrong is, is, is taking place, it's because you don't have enough, enough faith. And there are, there are sects of Christianity that have fantasized faith, and it's just not right. Like, it's fun to live in that until, until somebody dies. Guess what? Every single one of you are going to die. Me too. Boy, I feel so good. Every single one of us are going to, we're going to pass from this life to the next. So, so, so that whole deal, well, 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 man, you know, if your body's breaking down and you got this or that, man, you just, brother, you just don't have enough faith. Well, guess what? You're all not going to have guys have enough faith at some point in time because every single one of us are going to die. And guess what? This world is not our home. As much as I love it and I'm not excited to get out of here, I want to stick around as long as the Lord will have me because I feel like I've got work to do. Guess what? I feel like you've got work to do as well. And, and I'm excited to stick around and I'm excited to do what it is that the Lord's calling us to do. But guess what? I also am not afraid to die. And if you have a strong fear of dying, one of the things that you ought to do is ask the Lord why. Because the last thing that he said to us is he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. He said, I'm going to the Father to prepare a place for you that where he is and where I am, that you might be there also. And so I want you to know, church, that let's make the most of this. Let's enjoy it. Let's be productive. Come on, let's be about his business. Let's have fun doing it. But I want you to also know that don't put all of your stock in this world because there's a greater one that's to come. Amen. And the people that you, yeah, come on, the people that you have lost, the people that have gone on before you as they are in the Lord, 
I'm just telling you, they're experiencing life in a way that you, we only hope that we, that we could. And I'm not looking to get there soon uh, because I don't want to get there one day too soon because that means that I will not have completed the work that he's called me to do here. Amen? But peace is found in the presence of God. So it's not found in the lack of problems or the absence of problems. It's found in the presence of God. And I just want you to know, every eyeball up here just real quick, you can have as much of God's presence as you want. Some of us, we've grown comfortable keeping God at a distance. Yeah, I believe in the Lord. Yeah, I'm saved. I've repented of my sins, but, but I'm going to keep God at a controlled distance. Yeah, I know I need to, I need to change some things in my life, and, and I still kind of operate a lot out of the old Travis but I'm good with that. I'm saved, and, and that's just way too difficult. I'm telling you what, if you really want to experience the Holy Spirit, let Him infiltrate every aspect of your life that at the moment that you know that you've messed up, at the second that you know that you were in the flesh and not in the Spirit, repent of your sins and make it right. At the moment... Come on, you, you, you get off of that computer screen or your, your cell phone and you've been looking at stuff that you ought not to be looking at. It's not good for you. Man, God, I have broken. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Amen. Help me to help me to not fall in that again. Man, I really came close to going all the way and crossing the lines with with that person that's not my wife and not my husband. God, please forgive me. And I'm putting boundaries up so I'm not in that predicament you know what I mean, again, and, uh, and I'm just saying this, that, that uh, you can have as, as much God and as much of God's peace as you desire because he's always, he's always present. You know, somebody might say, you know what, Pastor Travis, that's just cool and great, but my life is not your life. I look at you and your life is perfect, Pastor Travis. Boy, you and Tina, you probably never have any issues whatsoever. Huh. We got them every once in a while, right, babe? Every once in a while. I mean, I'm not on point all the time. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Don't be so quick. <laughs> but you might be thinking that everything's perfect and everything's awesome all the time. And I would just say this, that if you honestly believe that, you've never pastored people for two minutes in your entire life. I struggle just like you struggle. In fact, I was just talking to somebody the other day. They were like, man, I just always keep hearing good things about Grace Church. And I'm like, you know what? All we are is a bunch of broken people trying to get better. Right? And that is the absolute truth. In fact, if we could put that on a T-shirt, that would be so cool. I would wear it often. At Grace Church, welcome. We're broken, trying to get better. Please join us. Right? Maybe that's too many words. Somebody can help me, you know, break that down just a little bit. Matthew, you're good at that stuff. All right. But I'm telling you this, that if your marriage isn't what you want it to be, the peace of God is there. And guess what? The promises of God is there also. If you've got a child that's making dumb decisions and you don't know how to raise him or her, the peace of God is there. And the promise of God is there as well. You can't pay your bills. You're not making enough money in your current job or your employment situation is a mess. The peace of God is there. And guess what? The promise of God is there as well. You blew it. You came up short. You invited sin into your, your, your life and your situation. The peace of God is there. And guess what? The promise of God is there that is mercy is new every single day. Your body is broken. You've got pain in your hips, your knees, your head, and everything else. Guess what? The peace of God is there. The peace of God can subdue the pain. And guess what? The promise of God is there as well. In the middle of a pandemic, somebody say peace. peace. Come on. Peace is there. Do you want it? Do you want the peace of God? How do I experience? Okay, Travis, you got my attention. How do I experience? Let's check it out. The battle for peace begins in our minds. You see, a lot of us, we don't experience peace because we're not giving ourselves the ability to even see it or to experience it. I don't know if you've ever known somebody, but there, there are things and times in my life where I have self-sabotaged myself. 
where things are going so well, man. It's just like God's moving and, and things are booming and growing. And then all of the sudden, because I can't control the unknown, I'll just mess it up right where I'm at. Because even though it's not half as good as what God has, I can control this. Right? I don't know what that is to bring. See, sometimes people have a difficult time receiving the peace for themselves. They have no problem believing in it for somebody else, but they can't see it and they can't experience it for themselves. And I'm just saying that the peace of God is there. Let's go back to Isaiah 26. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I want you to look at this bottom part. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Guess what? He's not saying that perfect peace comes when you fix all of your thoughts on CNN. Perfect peace doesn't come when you fix all of your thoughts on Fox News. Perfect peace doesn't come when you fix all of your thoughts on President Biden. Perfect peace does not come when you fix all of your thoughts on Donald Trump. Perfect peace does not, does, does not come over you and it's not available for you as you pay attention to the latest conspiracy theory. I'm telling you what, church, that, that I have the ability to be messed up just like anybody else is messed up. I'm telling you, I have bought more ammunition and probably about five guns in the last five months, four or five months. Yeah, you know, I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm getting ready. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be prepared. Listen to me. This is going to people, all kinds of people here. No hate mail. I'm just being honest with you. I've got stuff. I'm glad I've got stuff. But the Lord in the middle of me gathering stuff has said, are you trusting you or are you trusting me? And I'm like, I hope both. <laughs> but probably me. Right? It's not like God just woke up and he's shocked and surprised at the state of the world. And so I've had to wrestle through some things. I'm not selling my stuff that I already have. I'm still going to keep my stuff. But I am in a such a better place because this is the deal is as I've come to a realization that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And oh, by the way, let me let me share something with you just real quick. Um, the Bible talks about blessed are the peacemakers for they will become or called they will be called the children of God I think I'm quoting that correctly blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God yeah it really flows when I say it fast it messes me up when I say it slow so that's what the Bible says and I was thinking about this I'm like blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons and the daughters of God why are they called the sons and daughters of God well, because he is the prince of peace and he produces, he reproduces who he is and what he is. And, and while I'm still not sold on the fact that there are times. Let me rephrase that. I still believe there can possibly be times where you have to stand up for what is right because we see it historically like our number one go to better be peace. It better be peace. I'll let you work through that, just like I got a chance to work through that. So what is your mind fixed on? What are you focused on? The future? Money problems? The political scene? What are you fixed on? I think it's interesting. This next slide says, and it's the word fix. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure. Go ahead. And lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. Philippians 4, 8, 9. So the word fix is the word, it's the Hebrew word samak, S-A-M-A-K. And it means actually to lean on completely. 
And so I can lean on my own understanding. I can lean on my ability to shoot a firearm well. I can lean on my ability, you know what I mean, to gather some food, which I'm going to do. Anybody selling a freezer, I'll buy it from you. Give me a good deal. I'm going to buy a half beef, just have a little extra. But I can lean on me and my ability to take care of me and my own, which I believe also is important. I'm not saying that's not important. God gave you a brain. Use it, Travis. But am I leaning on the Lord? If you were to take this table away from me right now, I would fall over. Because this thing is supporting me. And I'm just saying that God's word needs to be the very thing that supports you and not all of the other nonsense that is out there. You can lean on a lot of stuff. But are you trusting in the Lord? Are you, are you, are you smack? Are you leaning on the promises of God? Is that where your thoughts are fixed? Philippians chapter 4, 8 and 9 says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. I think this is incredible because he identifies who owns the peace. He's not saying, I give you a peace. I give you some peace. I give you the world's peace. What does he say? He's saying, I give you my peace. Because some of you all, just like I have, you have found things that God hasn't anything to do with. Oh, man, I got a new car. I feel the peace of God. No, no. You just feel the, the peace of maybe not breaking down on the road every other week like, you, like you've done before. And I'm just saying the peace of God is the true peace. And it's complete peace. And it's, and it's full peace. So when is the peace of God with me? When my mind is fixed on Him. John chapter 14 and verse 27. It says this. Oh, that, that was it right there. I apologize. Um, I'll read it again, John. Uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to share with you a Bible story that is, that is, that is super powerful. Um, I'm going to paraphrase it just for time's sake. But uh, there was a time where Jesus was with his disciples. And he was crossing over in a boat uh, in, a, in a sea, and Jesus was resting in the back of the boat. How many of you heard this story before? He's resting in the back of the boat, and all of a sudden, there's a terrible storm that, that comes over, and I'm telling you, this little boat is just being nailed, and it's just being harpooned by waves, and waves are so large that they're crashing over the bow of this, of this boat, and, and the boat is filling up with water, and this is what the disciples this is what the disciples were dealing with. They were dealing with, oh my gosh, we're out here and we're going to die. And they run back to Jesus and they wake him, they shake him and they wake him and, and they say, don't you even care about us? Don't you even love us? Don't you even care that we're going to go down with this ship? And Jesus kind of gets up and he just, he probably just looks at him like, really? Come on, already again? You know, how many times must I... Must I show you or be? And, and, and then all of a sudden, Jesus, after a stretch of a nice long nap, because he's the Prince of Peace, he could sleep in that situation. He stretches. And what does he say? He says, peace, be still. And when he said, peace, be still, come on, the storm was calmed. Come on, those waves that were just that were just nailing that boat one after the other. After the other, they stopped. Somebody say they stopped. Somebody say peace. But see, guess what? There was a second storm as well. There was a storm on the outside, but there was also a storm on the inside. And I'm telling you what, the storm on the inside is sometimes much more dangerous than the storm on the outside. In fact, I would go as far as to say because of all of the suicide that we've seen, the tragic taking of a life that we've seen in this community, which does not please God, and it's not God's plan. I believe that oftentimes that 
the storm on the inside can often be much more dangerous than any storm on the outside. I can tell you this. I fully believe that the storm on the inside has claimed more lives prematurely than any storm on the outside. And I'm just saying at the moment that Jesus got up and said, peace, be still. I believe that the, the storms were calmed on the outside, but it was also calmed on the inside. And I'm just telling you this, that I really believe wholeheartedly that some of us are dealing with things that, that we're not even honest with ourselves about. Not even honest with ourselves. And so if we're not honest with ourselves about things in our own life, then how in the world can we ever be honest with, with the people that are close to us or, or the people that we're at odds with? How can we be honest if we can't even be honest with ourselves? And I'm just saying, listen, are you going to believe enough in God for just the, pre, the, 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 the storm on the outside? Or are you going to allow, come on, the peace of God, the promises of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the proximity of God to come in on the inside and calm this storm as well? Because some of us have been lied to by the devil. You've been lied to by family. You've been lied to by friends. You've been put in a box. And you're not a person that fits in any kind of a box. And guess what? you've even been lied to by yourself and because of the conflict and the storm that is on the inside there's no peace and I'm just saying I would ask you this morning to open your heart come on to the great things that God wants to do because he's speaking peace to the storms that are in your life I think it's interesting when Jesus got up and he said when he said peace be still what he was doing was he was extending himself. He was inserting himself into a situation. And because he put himself in a situation, everything changed. I want you to listen to me real quick. Like there are people in your life, young people, that need peace and they don't have it because you're, you can only give what you yourself possess. And I'm telling you this as Christians, as young men and young women that love the Lord, the peace of God is present for you. It is available for you. And guess what? It's not just for you. It's for maybe that friend that has no relationship. They've not been raised in the church. They have no experience. Come on with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I'm telling you this, that as you will experience, what's going to be beautiful is you're a conduit that God's going to use. Come on to bring peace to the people that you love, the people that you share, you share life with. Let's go ahead and go to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and we'll bring it. Do not be anxious about anything, the Bible says, but in every situation by prayer, somebody say prayer, and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want you to focus on, on this, this portion of it. And the peace of God. The peace of God is what we're talking about. You see, it's not a world peace. Because if the world was able to give you peace, then the world could take the peace away. So there's nothing, there's no circumstance in the world because it's the peace of God. There's no situation that you can find yourself in that will rob you from your peace unless you willfully get it or the enemy lies to you and you give it up unknowingly. But I'm saying, listen, the peace of God is for you. Come on, if he is for you, then who can be against you, right? Right? It's the peace of God. The world cannot take it away. This peace that I'm talking about, as I close, I, uh, I just want you to know that it's not something that you can wake up tomorrow morning and just say, you know, I'm just going to have the peace that I'm talking about is not something that you can just, you know, make up your mind today that you're going to have more of it tomorrow. The way that you get this peace is the closer that you are in relationship with the Lord, the more that you stand on his promises, the more that you come to a place of just trusting that God is in control. This is where the peace of God is experienced. You, you, you can't tell somebody even just stop it and have peace. Would you just stop it and have peace? You're stealing my peace because you don't got no peace. Stop it. Have peace. No. What you can do is you can point them to the Lord. And as they begin to experience God, then the teacher shows up. See, this is what I'm talking about. Maybe there's some here this morning that 
all of this is so foreign to you because you don't you don't know the Lord. You don't have a personal relationship with God. I said it earlier that all of us are going to die. We're going to die. We're going to transition from this life to the next. And and that's just the reality. It's the truth. I encourage you to make the most of your days every single day that you're given. But my hope and my prayer is, is that none of us would come to the end of our life without yielding and receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and our personal Savior. My Bible and your Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that anybody that would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I stand before you. I know for a fact that if I was to die tomorrow, and I want this to bring peace to your life, I know if I was to die tomorrow, everything would be just fine. Because I know for a fact that I'm, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And it has nothing to do with me being good or being a pastor or, you know what I'm saying, because it might look a lot better out there than it looks right here because I'm like you. I'm like you. We're a broken people trying to get better. The only thing that I challenge you to do is if you don't know for certain where you're going to spend eternity, don't wait because tomorrow's not promised to anybody. We just did a funeral service for a pastor that we launched a church out in out in Twin Falls and nobody thought that Pastor Randy was, you know, he was just going to live till he was 100. That's what we thought. But we had his funeral service, a beautiful celebration of life service over at Lighthouse Church just this last week. Guess what? Pastor Randy's with the Lord. It's hard to be sad about that. I mean, I'm sad, but I'm not sad, if that makes any sense. I'm going to see him again. No, no doubt. No question. But if you were to pass are you going to be with the Lord? Because not everybody, this is the other thing that we are, we, we've been lied to about, and that is, is that everybody's going to heaven. And it's just not the case. The Bible says that there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, which is Jesus Christ. The road to destruction is wide. The road to life is narrow because there's only one way. You can't get there by being a good person. Muhammad can't open the door. Buddha can't open the door. Nobody else you can't do it by having enough money, giving enough money. You can't, you can't do it. You can't get there by making more good decisions than bad decisions. It's not a scale. It comes because you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you don't know, you can receive him today right now with me. And if the Lord's moving on your heart to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you know where you're going to spend eternity. I'm just going to ask you if you'd like to receive him this morning, just raise your hand in the air so I can pray for you. Lord, we thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on that cross and washing away my sins. Forgive me of my sins right now. I pray that you come into my life. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Be the boss of my life. God, where you tell me to go, I will go. Help me to go. What you call me to do, I will do. God, help me to do. I give my life to you, Jesus. I receive you, and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, We'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.